Reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that it is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flock drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. And from Exodus chapter 17, from the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people. And take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah. Because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the listening ears of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever been thirsty? I mean, really thirsty. A long time ago, I was on a bus trip. I was a young adult in New Jersey, and my friends had come from Michigan, and they wanted to go to Atlantic City. They wanted to go to the casinos. They wanted to see the ocean. They wanted to be in a different part of the state. So we got on this bus, and on the bus, well, you paid $20, and they gave you $10 in quarters, and a ticket for the buffet. It was such a deal. We went and, and we played a little, but mostly we wanted to walk on the beach and see the ocean and then eat at this buffet. Now, my friends kept saying how wonderful the pastrami was, but for some reason it didn't appeal to me and I'm a pretty adventurous eater. I left the pastrami go and, and a lot of people were eating it. And then we got on the bus to go back and you could literally look in people's eyes and see about halfway there, 
whether they had had pastrami for dinner. The thirst was apparently incredible. They started bribing the driver of the bus to stop, to let them get water. When he stopped at a gas station, they actually mutinied and made him open the door so that they could get water to drink before we went back. I didn't have the thirst, but I witnessed a thirst that was so profound I never yet have tried pastrami. The thing about this story from Exodus is that on the surface, it is a story about people who have been freed from slavery and they seem ungrateful and it feels frustrating. But if you put yourself in their place, they are wandering in a desert and they don't have water. It will not take long before their life will be over. It's a very natural response that they have. They are afraid. They despair. Moses asked the people to trust God when their lives are on the line, when it seems like all the evidence suggests that they've already gone one step too far down the trusting road. The people are too thirsty to think back about the evidence that God will be faithful. They are afraid life as they know it might just be over. So God hears the people. And God gives Moses and the elders the chance to hit a rock with a staff and bring water to the people. It is a great story. A story that tells the people the answer to the question, is the Lord among us or not, is a definitive yes. In our gospel reading, the woman at the well who's invited to have the living water that comes from Jesus also explores the idea that the thirst we experience is not confined to the question of thirst of someone who needs water. We thirst for the answer to the question, is the Lord among us or not? When we are in the desert, when we are in the wilderness, when we are dealing with a health crisis outside of anything any of us have ever experienced, are we on our own? Or are we walking with God? Is the Lord among us or not? Growing up in Florida, when my children were very young, they became familiar with the concept of a hurricane cabinet. We had this one cupboard that was set aside and you were never supposed to go in there until the end of hurricane season. In that cupboard were things that we would need if we ran out of food and power and water. And it was part of our story together as a family that there was a hurricane cabinet ready so that what we needed would be there if we were in trouble. So I'm wondering, do we have a spiritual hurricane cabinet ready so that when things happen and we are thirsty for the spiritual drink God provides, we do not have to wonder, is the Lord among us or not? Instead, we can know that we have the living water from the well that never runs dry. So what is in our cabinet? Do we have verses that we've marked or memorized from the Bible, like Romans 8? Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. 
or Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Or Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God. Or the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Matthew 11. Come to me, all ye that are weary, and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. What verses do we have in our spiritual cabinet, ready to write them on our hearts when we need them? What about music? The hymns that we sing? The words we know by heart? The anthems we remember? The music Evan plays? that we can hear in our minds and our hearts. Give me Jesus and deep river and be thou my vision, Lamb of God. The truth is, we are always a little thirsty, a little in need of refreshment that comes at the feet of our Lord. But sometimes, sometimes we are thirsty enough to ask someone else to pull over. Sometimes we need to pay attention so that we can witness water coming out of a rock. Listen to these words from the poem Hurricane by Mary Oliver. It didn't behave anything like you had ever imagined. The wind tore at the trees. The rain fell for days slant and hard. The back of the hand to everything. I watched the trees bow and their leaves fall and crawl back into the earth, as though that was that. This was one hurricane I lived through. The other one was of a different sort and lasted longer. Then I felt my own leaves giving up and falling, the back of the hand to everything. But listen now to what happened to the actual trees. Toward the end of that summer, they pushed new leaves from their stubbed limbs. It was the wrong season, yes, but they couldn't stop. They looked like telephone poles and didn't care. And after the leaves came blossoms. For some things, there are no wrong seasons, which is what I dream of for me. In the middle of a time when there was not supposed to be growth, the tree blossomed. And the person who noticed, who was watching for it with open eyes and open heart, realized that we too can blossom, even in the worst of times. We too can find it in us to accept the growth we need that the Lord is trying to provide for us. We too have access to the living water that springs from rocks and from the well that never runs dry. In Jesus' name, amen.